today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Premier Doug Ford's a progressive conservative government uh, gave us a financial update. Uh, uh, the finance minister, Peter Bethlenfalvy, uh, announced Wednesday that the government has allocated all the money that they got from the federal government, and uh, they're doing a great job, according to them. Well, that's not necessarily the case, according to some opposition members. The province says that uh, despite some claims uh, that from the opposition members, they have allocated all the cash. Ottawa said, uh, you know, because we, we've talked about this, uh, about $13 billion in COVID-19 contingency funds, which the Ford government says has now been spent. So to, to try to whittle through this, first of all, I want to bring uh, Global's Dave Woodard into the conversation. Here's his report. Within the third quarter fiscal update, the government says it's either spent or allocated all of the money dedicated from Ottawa to be spent on the COVID-19 response. But the government's own numbers show there's still about $4.5 billion in either contingency or reserve funds that will be used as of March 31st, the end of the fiscal year, to decrease the deficit. That number remains at about $39 billion, the same prediction the government made back in November. Doug Ford's conservatives came under fire back in the fall when the province's fiscal watchdog said the government failed to spend some $12 billion in funds from the feds. Dave Woodard, Global News. So, uh, we've got a difference of opinion here, but the numbers don't lie, and that's what we want to get into right now. Uh, this is money that uh, the federal government had allocated, and it was specifically for COVID-19. Uh, I didn't think it was actually meant to try to reduce the federal go- or the provincial government's deficit. Uh, joining us to talk about this is Catherine Fife. Catherine is the finance critic for the NDP and the MPP uh, for Waterloo. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much for the time. Glad you could be with us today. Good morning, Bill. Thanks for the invite. Uh, listen, I'm not really great at math, but these are pretty simple numbers to understand here. Uh, when the government says we've spent it all, the cupboard is bare, and it's all gone to people that really deserve it in COVID. Uh, but when the independent audit comes out and says that they've still got money stashed away someplace, uh, as a taxpayer, i got a problem with that. Yeah, no, and as you should. I mean, so yesterday it was really interesting, Bill, because uh, the minister, the new minister of finance, Mm-hmm. Uh, said that all of that $13.3 billion had been allocated. Now, I just want to be really clear, unallocated funds related to COVID-19, this is a type of contingency fund that may be used in the future for direct measures, but for which there are no committed plans. So the, the question remains, uh, as of March 31st, if the government cannot get that money out into the province to keep people safe, to keep people healthy, and to keep the economy open, you know, what, 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 what's going to happen with that money? And so we know by law that that money would go down to pay the deficit. I think a majority of Ontarians are very concerned about how this government has handled the pandemic. I mean, we, you know, we went through that first wave, you know, when we were all together, <laughs> for, you know, from a financial perspective, uh, and the money was flowing, uh, but but the government did not learn from that experience, and they could have been more targeted in keeping people safe. And and when I when I talk about keeping people safe, we now have a greater understanding that you know our economic path as a province is determined by the virus and controlling and mitigating that virus. So paid sick days, for instance, has never been considered by the provincial government, even though that falls under the Employment Standards Act and and is something that the government could invest in to keep people safe and also keep the economy open. And we've seen longstanding concerns with the education system. So for the Minister of Finance to say yesterday that that $13.3 billion is all allocated and will be spent by March 31st, you know, our job as the opposition is to ask the hard questions of what are they actually spending and where are they spending that money? 
Well, because I'm getting mixed messages. I mean, we had Minister McNaughton on the program a week or so ago, and he addressed the uh, the idea about the uh, the paid sick days, and he said, oh, we've, we've got this under control. He's having a discussion with the minister. Well, nothing's been done about it. And and no. we just actually we did a segment on this uh, just an uh, hour or so before you joined us here, Catherine. And uh, for our listeners that maybe missed that, the, the bottom line here is there is a federal assistance program, but you have to be off for a whole week because the allocation is for uh, a whole week, not for one or two days. If you're feeling crappy and you figure I better not go to work because I better get tested, you don't get paid in a lot of those situations. And that's that's a, it's a shortcoming in the program, and nobody seems to want to address it. Nobody certainly seems to want to fix it. Well, I mean, and especially when Minister, Minister McNaughton is wrong. This is, a, you know, paid sick days, a provincially funded program, not another uh, cost to small businesses. It falls under the Employment Standards Act. And, and this is where, you know, this is why I'm going to be following the money very carefully uh, when we go back to Queen's Park next week, Bill, because now we know that 67% of COVID outbreaks happened in workplaces and that in Peel, for instance, the, their public health department found out that one out of every four essential workers who were going to work were going to work with COVID-19 symptoms. So if you want to make sure that we don't go back into a third lockdown, there are places where we should be spending that $4.5 billion, which is still in contingency and not allocated at all. And where we would invest that money would be in paid sick days. We would also increase the testing and contact tracing so that you can control the new variants because this is a new you know, character in this, in this trauma that we're all experiencing in the province. And investing in schools, the testing that needs to happen to ensure that you know, if community is experiencing uh, a high transmission rate, that we actually make sure that students and staff in our schools uh, are safe and can stay open. And then finally is the long-term care. I mean, this government should be completely ashamed of how they have dealt with the first wave of around long-term care deaths and now it, and now the second wave, where there's no iron ring. There was no significant investment in keeping PSWs safe and keeping residents safe. And quite honestly, I mean, the way that the vaccine rollout has happened as well, uh, but with the hiring of a of a private, you know, uh, consultant to manage that, when we have a public health system in the province of Ontario, which can deliver uh, vaccines, uh, they do so every year with the flu vaccine rollout. Uh, so this is the question of where this government is spending money or where they're not spending will be of great interest and, and interest to the people of this province, quite honestly. Well, and as always, Catherine, the devil's in the details. I mean, you know, there's, let's face it, there's wordsmithing that goes on when governments make announcements like this. Now, suggesting that all the money has been allocated. Uh, allocated can also mean, yeah, we kind of sort of know where we're going to spend that, but we haven't done it yet. Well, uh, that's, that's, that's not what we want as taxpayers. We want to know that it's out the door and it's actually helping people. And, and you raised two of the more contentious points here, uh, to do with the paid sick days, which again, you're right, it's a football that these guys are kicking back and forth. And in the meantime, you look at the situation at the, uh, the Canada Post depot there a couple of weeks ago. People are dying uh, because they're afraid to take days off and they're spreading it. Uh, and we're getting mixed messaging here from this government. You know, they say that, you know, we went into lockdown or just coming out of it, hopefully most of us anyway, on the 16th. Uh, and they said they wanted to stop the curve. Well, they're not doing everything they can to stop the, the, the increase in the number of new cases right now. They're not providing rapid testing kits to the extent. Uh, you know, with the kids are back in school. Uh, there's an announcement coming up, as you know, this afternoon at 2 o'clock about whether or not there's going to be March break. They say if they cancel it, it's because they, they want to stop the spread of the virus. Well, if, if, if schools are a problem, why do you send them back? 
you know, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing two different messages depending on which person of the government we talk to. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, you make a good point about our schools. I mean, what we've been very clear, and we thought from the beginning, having learned from the last last spring, Bill, that um, that's what schools need to keep them safe. And so we've asked for you know reduced class size so that there's you could. Students can social distance. We've asked for the testing and the contact tracing to uh, to ensure that you're monitoring really what's happening in our schools. And and to date, the government has not responded uh, well to that. In fact, they've you know they they stick to their speaking notes on that. But well, to that uh, point, the, though, Catherine. The... To that point, it's not as if you know they say, well, the NDP say that, and we're not going to follow. There's a book about the, the Sick Kids Hospital actually put a, a a whole report together and said this is what you need to do, and they cherry picked from it and said, well, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do the contact tracing. Uh, we're not going to have the smaller classes. They're somewhat smaller, but not to the extent they're saying. And on and on it goes like that. It's, in other words, they watered the whole thing down. Uh, and I hear on a daily basis from frontline workers, in other words, teachers, uh, you know, custodial staff and everything, and they, they're concerned about the school environments right now. And, and those are the people that are doing this on a daily basis. And so, you know, their opinion counts because they're the ones that are in the environment and they see what's right and what's wrong, uh, as opposed to the education minister, who apparently the only time he goes into a classroom is for the photo op when he's making an announcement. Uh, you know, we're concerned about this. And, you know, whether kids are asymptomatic and spreading it or not, you know, we let's have that debate. Uh, but we can't just go from one thing to another, one idea to another and switch it around. Because uh, what frustrates me as a taxpayer and as I watch these daily briefings from the premier is... Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where they're getting their data from, and I don't know where the data is to substantiate the policies they're putting in place. Uh, they're certainly not looking at the stuff about paid sick days. They're certainly not looking about what's going on in the school environments right now. I, you know, are they just throwing darts at a board and saying that's going to be the policy? Well, you do make a good point about the lack of transparency in in how this government is making decisions, and and I think that now that you know we have gone through this second wave. Uh, people have lost confidence in the government by because they haven't been open and transparent, Bill, and how they're making these decisions. Uh, just even on the schools piece, I mean, we, we do have to start thinking about how we're going to come out of this pandemic. What, what is our economic recovery plan going to look like? And, you know, if you look at schools, for instance, and the fact that many don't have HVAC systems that are up to date so that there's air circulation, so people have confidence in the school system around air quality and reducing transmission of, of viruses, you know, we, the government could have been very aggressive and invested in our, in our school infrastructure. There's a huge backlog from a capital perspective. And think of the jobs that could be created by keeping our schools safe and investing in a healthier learning and working environment. And that, that kind of thinking just is not happening with this government. I mean, the premier has said, you know, we're going to spare no, no expense. Well, that is factually incorrect for, for the premier to say that because he's missed out on, um, on a number of initiatives that one would keep people safe because now we have a full understanding of the importance of keeping um, people healthy and that connection to the economy. And when people say, you know, well, we can't afford to do everything. We lost 158,000 jobs last month in, in Ontario. We cannot afford to miss opportunities to keep people safe so that they, they don't have to go to work sick and they have access to some, you know, uh, economic security by doing the right thing and staying home. Otherwise, we're going to end up in a third wave. And, you know, my office here in Waterloo has already received a number of phone calls saying, 
you know, people are just accepting that this third wave is going to happen. What we would urge the government is to spend the money that the federal government has transferred to Ontario, put that money into play by keeping people safe so that we don't have to experience another shutdown in the province of Ontario. Well, because the numbers tell a story, and, and the, the government can fudge the numbers any way they want. But, I mean, for instance, I mean, one of the areas that's always had one of the highest rates of new cases is Peel Region. Uh, and not coincidentally, Peel Region is a place where there are dozens upon dozens of distribution and warehouse centers. I mean, it's it's a trucking mecca. Uh, and and those people are deemed essential workers, but they're not offering them the same protections. You get sick, you come to work, because if you don't come to work, you don't get paid. That's how this spreads. You know, don't, don't give me this argument about, well, it might be the schools, it might be the restaurants. It's in the work environment that's the, where this is spreading. And you've got hundreds, if not thousands, of people working in those warehousing industries uh, that have to go to work because they are essential workers, and the government's not giving them the full protection or the fi- full financial support. I mean, therein lies the problem. Yeah, and you know, I mean, we've never seen the kind of coalescing of support for paid sick days as we have to date. We have small businesses that recognize that if a provincially funded uh, program is in play, then their workers won't come to work sick and therefore they, they'll be able to stay open. We have the chambers of commerce. We have um, public health. We have mayors of major centres, including Brampton and Peel and Toronto, saying paid sick days must be part of the economic recovery uh, program going forward. That is the only way that we're going to be able to stay open and recover. And and so to see that, you know, I mean, the finance minister was asked this question directly, he said, and he danced around it. Like, the time to, uh, you know, sort of, you know, go between the federal and the provincial government about whose responsibility is, it is very clearly the provincial responsibility to bring in a paid sick day program in a pandemic so that we don't have to experience a third wave and a, and, and a third shutdown of our economy. Well, and you know there's a philosophical thing going on here, too. I mean, you know, the Wynn government, the previous government, actually did institute two days of guaranteed paid sick leave, uh, and, and that was a policy that was already on the books. Uh, whether that was enough or not, we can debate later on, but it's kind of a moot point now because one of the first things the Ford government did when they got elected in 2018 was nix that. So that's not happening anymore. And we could have used it now. You know, yeah. hindsight is twenty twenty, but foresight is even better. And you'd kind of like to see governments use a little bit of that. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, what's interesting is that prior to the pandemic, this government was also cutting public health. And, you know, public health is one of those expenditures that doesn't get a lot of attention. It's not thought of as being very sexy. There's no ribbon to cut for politicians. But when public health is strong and well-funded and well-resourced, people stay healthy. And we had we had a very strong public health uh, system in the province, but it has been slowly reduced and reduced and reduced. And this was actually uh, part of uh, Doug Ford's initiative as well prior to the pandemic. So you would think that a progressive government would understand that these investments in keeping people safe, in keeping people healthy and making sure that they have access to vaccines if they so choose, that this actually can happen in the province of Ontario without hiring more consultants, without hiring more accountants. We have the infrastructure to do it. We just don't, we, we just don't need a government that's going to attack those public institutions. Absolutely. I, I listen, we could get on about the government cuts of health care and long-term care, too, but it's only a three-hour show, and uh, I... I I've got to do, I got to do a break here anyway. Uh, let's stay in touch, though, Catherine. I really do appreciate the time today. Thanks for being with us. Thank you very much, Bill. Take care.
You too. Catherine Fife, finance critic for the NDP and the MPP for Waterloo in the uh, provincial legislature. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.